0: what's up everybody welcome back to the martian and ozzy podcast this week we are back to discuss the big ufc 295 pay-per-view going down this saturday night from madison square Garden, in new york city two big uh, title fights going on for, both for uh vacant titles right now we got the interim heavyweight championship between pavlovich and aspinall in the co-main event and the vacant light heavyweight championship between yuri petroska and alex pereira really good car top to bottom Excited for this one in New York City, but who won't be in New York City this week is my man Ozzy Join me, joining me as always. How
1: are we doing this week, my man? Doing great. Got my bags packed. I will not be uh, there. Uh, usually I try to make it to the MSV cards. I, I think the last one I didn't make it to, but I got a bachelor party in Puerto Rico. Um, a huge bachelor party. It's like, you know, I think it might be there might be like 21 people going to this thing, maybe 19, something like that. I don't know but I touch down tomorrow. I scope, you know, scope out the, the land, but, uh, yeah, we're going to get this podcast out early. Hoping that, uh, everybody that is coming into the city enjoys the event. And I, I like how they kind of set up the card overall. So a lot of action fights, um, you know, sprinkled all around interesting bout orders. Honestly, like they have, uh, Posta and Urk Urkeg as like the featured prelim. So that's interesting, I guess um and yeah but let's uh let's get this uh what was the last pay-per-view was the the Islam that that Abu Dhabi card that that card ended up sucking yeah yeah that that card ended up sucking I hope that this one picks up the slack um and we're coming off a solid week so let's keep that rolling yeah I've got a high hopes for this one I just think top to bottom
0: even like the first few fights in the prelims um I honestly think like Pretty much every fight is good, even though there are a few that were thrown together on last moment notice. Um, they're still not bad. So I'm excited for this one. We're gonna be starting things from the top in a second. Just last week was a successful one for me. Up 1.9 units on the Bet MMA points website. Um couple couple good sides came through us, uh came through for us there. But um Prop side of things didn't do so well. You know, I was expecting a lot of subs. The Brazilian event, I was thinking, oh, bohio Nascimento, Vieira. I was just thinking all these guys are gonna submit. I don't think there was a single submission on the entire card. Um, so
1: mm. how about you? How'd it go? Yeah, good good event for me overall. I think I finished uh up uh two and a half units. Unfortunately, we lost that hadolfo bet, which was I think one that we were both extremely confident in. I was just under three units in on Hadolfo, but angie hill came through for us uh mark diacasey uh you know i think some of the that over that i mentioned with zaleski being able to hopefully you know fend off uh he not and you know he really made that fight extremely interesting got that draw um you know to end it but we were on the goes of distance there um but yeah it was a solid event overall i wish i would have we would have been able to see that uh Hadolfo fight play out uh overall but uh i'm I'm not sure any regrets i think maybe just not taking like starts round two where they're over in the in the main event because uh it's just like maybe like an interesting way to attack it like you could have had maybe lewis you know ko and then you know that over but um you know dolby coming through as a big underdog i think he was one of only two underdogs him and angie hill that were able to uh to win so let's see if that comes to fruition here as well because I think we'll be on a lot of the uh a lot of the favorites this week as well.
0: Yeah, Dolby was was sick. Great comeback from him there. And <laughs> Petrino legit. Angie Hill, good win. D Casey getting the thing done. Renat clinging on for dear Life. I felt pretty lucky to to especially with the good fight. like like oh. he, he was ninety percent knocked out. That was a good 10-8 round there. Um but um, enough about that last week. So we're going from the first fight down. So we're starting things off in the main event. Um, 11-11 this card is too, by the way. Um, so if you're into angel numbers, that could be a, v- a very good thing for the universe this week. Um, but uh, we got Jiri Prochaska taking on Alex Pereira. You know, Jiri was
1: the champion. He vacated it. Hold on, hold on. Uh, I, you need a pick if you're going to call him Yuri, Jury, and if you're going to call him Prochaska or whatever the hell you pronounce his last name before that.
0: Yuri. Figure it it out. Um, Thank you. He had the belt. He vacated it. Jamal Hill won the belt. He vacated it. Uh Blahovich and Ankalaya fought. It was a draw. And now they're doing this one. So a lot of shit going on. Light heavyweight division. Odds for this one have near Pickham. Pereira minus 115, Yuri minus 105 getting two-way action here. If anybody likes Yuri, he's still plus one ten on FanDuel. So it seems like now's the time to get that because it's looking like it's trending towards Pickham. And, you know, this is just going to be a shootout. You know, I highly doubt they're going to see any grappling here. I think these guys are just going to absolutely light each other up. And there's a good chance somebody gets knocked out in the first two rounds. I got to go with Pereira just because I, I envision a striking fight. And I just think that obviously Pereira has the much better striking acumen and he will be able to find the better shots here. Although. Rewatching the fight with Jan, I just think that he was a little like, tentative there to really throw full power. It could have been because the fight just started with him immediately being taken down and controlled for an entire round. So that was definitely in the back of his mind the entire time. He got taken down in all three rounds of the fight, but still won. Um, So I think his, you know, his initiative there looked good. Once he got taken down, he got back up and started throwing strikes and won the rounds back. But totally different fight here. Yuri, I doubt attempts any takedowns and i just think these guys are gonna absolutely blitz each other and i just never like yuri's defense uh the the reyes fight he gets hit a lot the reyes fight he gets countered he's just i think a little too wide open for strikes here and you know he's not the most durable guy as well we've seen him rocked a, a good amount of times uh in the ufc we've seen him rocked glover to had him on skate. so i just think i got to go with alex Pereira to uh He's got to go for revenge. He's got to get revenge for his, his uh mentor, Glover Teixeira. I'm gonna go with Alex knockout round two as the pick.
1: Very the nice. Match. So perfect. So um I've been going a little bit back and forth on this slide. Obviously, you know, UFC title fight, five-rounder, you know, basically pick a mods for the most part. You know, Yuri ethic was plus one ten earlier in the week, and that's come down a little bit. And I've de- I decided that I'm going to side with the Yuri Prahashka side. Now, you know, looking at some of the variables or some of the history for both these guys, for Alex Perez, it's going to be his fourth uh, fight in basically a calendar year, right? So we remember last year, he he won the middleweight belt here in MSG against, uh, against Izzy. Five round fight, pretty, you know, um, you know, close fight overall, but, you know, he kind of had to pull that fight out. Uh, then he had the knockout loss earlier in this year. He had that, fight at altitude with uh with jan uh i guess that was in july august or july I, I forget the exact date that that was i think it was end of july or end of uh who cares or, or yeah it was a <laughs> d- dustin card it was the dustin poirier card at, uh, versus gaethje and now he's got this fight so he's he you know he's really running the gambit here so um you know usually i feel that some sometimes these training camps do build up on guys and if you ever see martian right do you ever see the the footage of alex training with uh glover what are they doing with each other they, they, they just they're just punching Boy. each other in the forehead dude they, they they're just punching each other in the forehead going you know uh blow for block i saw a, a video of him training with uh hobo cop and him and hobo cop are just lighting each other up they're just freaking exchanging swinging Um, as as like people are watching them so you know i like that yuri's had some time to recover from this shoulder injury recover from that you know fight fight of the year that he had against glover last year and while i don't love some of his his defense i do feel that for alex you know i think it is going to be hard for him to find yuri early on because i didn't feel that he looked uh as quick Um, as he, he used to, like when he was at middleweight against Jan and that's against someone in Jan who is slow footed, doesn't really move his like torso very much. You know, he kind of just keeps his hands up and I feel that he wasn't really uncorking his shots. He didn't have the kind of pressure, um, you know, that he, he was backing up, uh, Izzy with, you know, multiple times. So this is a tough pick for me to make, honestly, but I feel that the unorthodox nature of, of Yuri's uh, uh, strikes. And, the, you know, the unpredictable nature of it is going to give him the opportunity to extend this fight a little bit longer. I do think this fight uh, is more likely to go into the second or third round uh, than people think. And I think that will be uh, a benefit and uh, advantage for Yuri. It's a volatile fight, though. You know, um, one line that I do like and I think is might, maybe a little bit off is Yuri to actually win by knockout. I'm seeing that at plus 200 at, at, a, at a few bucks. And I feel like that—that's the all right, all right spot because um, Jan really, after that first round of grappling, he really didn't have much to offer Alex overall. He wasn't really able to counter, and you know, we still haven't seen Alex get hit by a light heavyweight. And the last time we d- saw him get countered, you know, he he went to sleep pretty quick uh, against uh, against uh, Izzy, right? So I feel that Yuri's power, pace, and you know, ability to to um, find the ways to win basically uh is being a little bit underrated here um we've seen him against uh, uh dominic reyes right he ends up finding the kill shot there ends up hurting him uh, multiple times same thing against uh, uh glover even though he was put in bad compromising positions uh, often he was always able to uh be a threat in that fight um and then as well against volkan how he was uh, how he was able to find a knockout shot after Volkan was uh, coming on strong early on, so I'm going to go with Yuri Prohaska here to retire to get back his uh, his belt here. But it's going to be a, a, a thrilling fight, I feel, and not one that I want to be really big on. But I do like him slightly at that plus money and uh, a little shot at that KO line.
0: Yeah, I agree with a lot of stuff there. Um, the fight favoring Yuri as it goes longer, I do think that um but yeah compelling fight for you you're historically a big big on both these guys so you're going to be let down yeah i've uh, I've I've done well
1: i've I've done well on both these guys fights for the most part
0: and that's going to take us to the co-main event heavyweight division interim title (laughs) was supposed to be john jones versus stipe headlining the card instead they're putting this together as interim title sergey pavlovich taking on tom aspinall odds for this one have aspinall slight favor minus 123 pavlovich plus 103 i think pavlovich was slated to be the backup for this one and so he had more time to prepare aspinall is the one coming in on shorter notice so keep that in mind and give us your thoughts on this fight
1: ozzy awesome fantastic fascinating fight here we got two guys here who um awesome power in their hands um you know big big heavyweights as well none of this you know 230 you know bs i think both these guys are gonna come in 260 plus um you know we got pavlovich who has that crazy reach right that 84 inch reach you know matching john jones's where he's he's kind of just a boxing machine right you saw him you know he's shadow boxed and you're like holy crap like you know this guy this guy might be the great white hope for for heavyweight mma might be the next fedor right but just with boxing and, um, you know, with him, you know, he just got those lunchboxes for fists, you know, he's not really the most technical, I feel, but he does throw his shots and his punches in good succession. I like some of his, you know, punch selection. But the main thing is, I've only really seen him do that in the first round, right? That's that. That's why I, I'm not as big of a fan of heavyweight MMA. Because I feel a lot of the times it's, you know, you're kind of guessing, you know, for the most part, you're hoping that the guy could do, you know, what he's doing in, you know, in the first round in, you know, a later fight. Um, and I feel that Tom Aspinall, if his cardio is not, you know, shot and bad, and he's been hopefully training a little bit after that fight, which I, I guess his his fight was in September against um Tybura, No, you know, I I was it wasn't no. in September yeah. It was in July. No, it was in the wasn't or it was, was it wasn't Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm mixing it up with the France card. My bad. You're right. Um, so I'm hoping that he he has you know maintained some some fitness level. But he did look great. You know, coming off that ACL surgery or whatever it was that that uh, he t- tore in his knee, he looked honestly quicker than ever, bigger than ever. He had that crazy back tattoo. He looked awesome. You know, and and his hands look so quick. He gets off multiple strikes, um, coming at you from multiple angles. You know, really really quickly. And he also has great jiu-jitsu. He does have some takedown entries. He will throw some light kicks as well, mix it in there. So I like the movement of Tom Aspinall, but he he really hasn't fought anybody that, that was committed and willing to punch with him, right? Where it, uh down the counter with uh counter him, you know, and I haven't really seen his chin all too much. But I do have to favor him in this fight because I feel that he can extend this more than likely just with the footwork with maybe, you know, keeping up a, a shell and some defense and, and taking some of Pavlovich's shots, of uh, 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 hopefully, and uh, deterring them from kind of just finding his chin, uh, using that big cage where um, where I, I feel like a few of the Pavlovich's opponents in the smaller cage, or in the bigger cage, I should say, um, were kind of just in there to, to exchange with him, like Tuivasa and some of these other guys. Um, this one is a fight, though, that I really don't really want to have Uh, a stake in. Unless Tom goes to like plus money or so, or even, I don't really want to invest in it because I feel that laying a quarter juice, laying 20 cents here in a fight where it's so short notice, you know, you have a guy who hasn't been out of the first round, either of them really haven't been too deep in fights. It's just not a good investment. And there are better opportunities later down on the card, you know, for me to, to, to get involved in. And uh, and yeah, that's just how I feel about the fight. But I think that both these that these guys potentially will fight more, on more than one occasion because I do feel that their skills definitely do stand out against you know these other guys in the uh, heavyweight division. But I'm hoping for an all-out brawl that we get to see. You know, hopefully a second round. Hopefully both of these guys, you know, maybe seeing some adversity in there. And uh, and yeah, but you know, not 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 the the biggest or you know most extensive handicap. But I just feel that the tools that Tom has are is are are capable of giving Pavlovich some difficulties. So it's all going to be all about execution. And with the short training camp, I just don't want to be uh, too involved in the fight uh, on the Aspinall side.
0: Yeah, I agree with a, a good amount of points on the matchup. Uh, the points about Aspinall's mm-hmm. ground game, Aspinall's footwork, extending the fight. Um, and that's why I'm going to be on Aspinall here to win a unit minus 118. Um, you know, Pavlovich definitely could, you know, rock him, sock him him in round one, like he has done to all of his UFC opponents, except for the legend Alistair Overeem. However, um, one sec. So Sergey could definitely knock him out in the first round. But I'm just thinking if this fight gets extended, we see a longer fight. I think that Tom's chances are looking pretty good. And I just... You know, kind of cap him 6 out of 10 here. You know, I think he could definitely get melted. Maybe Pavlovich's cardio is better than we expect, and he's able to sustain that power in his boxing in the later rounds. But I really don't expect this one to get out of, like, the second or third round at the very latest. And I just think that Aspinall maybe being fleet of foot, avoiding the exchanges, avoiding just that, that pocket where Pavlovich shines. You know, have how can pavlovich fight when we he doesn't have a guy just like willing to box like how is it going to look if aspinall is jabbing and leg kicking and moving and darting in and out i think that that could give pavlovich a lot of troubles and we've seen pavlovich look bad on bottom uh, especially the oveream fight so if aspinall can time a takedown at any point you know i think that that could look real good and aspinall i really think even though pavlovich has had some decent wins right he melted ty and Derek, and he got um Curtis out of there in his most recent impressive win but Tom Aspinall's win over Alexander Volkov remains the most impressive thing I've seen from either one of these guys especially with Volkov looking good lately I mean I mean he he has looked he's on a three-fight win streak since that fight finishing Rosenstrike Romanov, Tuivasa and Aspinall just took him down and made him look completely easy in that fight so I think that it, that win is aging really well And even though short notice, I got Tom Aspinall here. First time betting on Tom, I think, in my my career. Um, So that's going to move us on to the women's strawweight division. Jessica Andrade, Mackenzie Dern here. Dern's the favorite at minus 185. Andrade plus 160. I hate Mackenzie Dern fights. I think they're really difficult to cap. And the same is sort of said about Andrade, you know. Um, I think Andrade has been looking absolutely tragic lately. Just looking like she's not even trying in some of her fights, you know, she took the Blanchfield fight on really short notice and quit really easily. There got blasted versus Yan and didn't really put up much of a valiant effort versus Suarez. And I don't know, man, I just think the Dern is going to do her normal thing where she looks bad. She's getting outstruck and then she ends up on top and then she wins the round that way. And I just don't trust Andrade versus any form of a grappler. I know Dern's, you know, striking sucks or wrestling sucks. Uh, but, I mean, I just don't trust Andrade at this point. It doesn't seem like her, she's really, you know, trying her best to win these fights. And I can't say the same about M- Mackenzie. Mackenzie, even though I talk shit on her skill set, the woman's grit and will to win and cardio is typically pretty good. And I think that that should be enough to get her the, the win here. But no interest in any pets from this fight for me.
1: Yeah, so we have um, shout-out Minabe, who our, our girl... "Quote unquote," um, who t- let me know after I was asking about Angie Hill the stats on like who's won the most fights, whatever. She told me that Andrade has the most wins, fights, everything of any woman ever, any division. So, like you just said, she's running the gauntlet. She fought uh, Aaron. she fought Jan, she fought Suarez, whoever the fuck she fought. She fought L- Lauren Murphy, Queen Lauren, and now she's fighting uh, Mackenzie here. And I mean, I feel that the um, uh, Aaron Blanchio fight and the Tatiana Suarez fight may be clouding some people's judgment in like what you're saying right now about, oh, she's not trying this and this and that because she looked like a blood-seeking killer against Lauren Murphy. And it was very impressive to me because she was clobbering her with, with every kind of strike imaginable. Whatever strike she wanted to hit her with, she hit her with. And we got this all Brazilian affair, you know, although some people call don't say that Mackenzie Dern isn't Brazilian or she is Brazilian. You never know people, you know, these people, like I said, these guys that don't speak any other second language, talking about accents has to be the worst thing on the internet. No,
0: no, no. They, they, they earn their right. They earn their right to their opinion
1: the worst thing ever people that n- never d- don't know how to say one word in any other language telling people how they w- w- uh, how their accent should change or not change. anyway. Um, so you know in this fight though, I mean Mackenzie is she gonna take any of these power shots from uh, Jessica andraj like comfortably? no, I really don't want to be laying juice on that, you know, let me tell you. and I've been one to you know bet a Mackenzie during submission prop you know, once or twice and be really fuming and kind of like, you know, begging. I'm like, Mackenzie, please just choke her. Please just go for the arm, whatever it is. Um, you know, I think I won big one time against Nina. But other than that, you know, I feel that it's sometimes hard for her to control some of these girls um, at this 115 uh, division. And especially a girl like Andrade, who she is explosive. She knows jiu-jitsu. You know, um, the fact that she got controlled by Aaron and... and uh, Tatiana isn't really an indictment against her. Those girls are in are bigger, right? Tatiana usually fights at that one or has said she's fighting at the one twenty five weight cut, but she's just big and fucking strong. And Mackenzie, Dern, she's more finesse. You know, she's looking to cut through your guard. She's looking to kind of spin around you. You know, work her way around her, uh, around her opponents. And sometimes that shit just don't work in MMA. If I'm being quite honest with you, um, so I'm definitely not interested in laying the juice, and it will only be androger passed for me um but likely i'll pass a little bit i hopefully you know hopefully we can see a little bit of a live price here mckenzie doing some of the flopping around and stuff like that um and and then you know i'll get in live on on jessica and then mckenzie will probably like knee bar her or some shit so that's probably what's gonna happen but i'm not interested in laying juice on it What what's her submission line her submission price 165 is dog shit plus yeah so You know, I I don't really, I don't really want to be involved in that. So it's, it's Andrade's your pass for me. Um, and if this goes to, I mean, if people see, if Mark Zuckerberg lays up, drops the hammer on McKenzie, I'm gonna have to get involved on the Jessica Andrade side. So, but you know, nice little, you know, featured fight here, you know, showcasing the women here. Also shout out Mark Zuckerberg Torres ACL training jujitsu. So, Mm. you know, a speedy recovery. He probably got a lot of fetuses and stem cells on deck so he probably will be fine but shout
0: out i think the um the fight going the distance plus 160 seems a little off just because Dern fights have like this mythical way of stretching the distance she's had most of them are five rounders but she's had a lot of fights where you're thinking like oh this is this is going to be over and somehow it just keeps on going and it somehow makes it Um,
1: but jessica jessica no scorecards is plus 250 Mm, that's not bad Seems good seems good that's a good it's angle good to me um yeah.
0: but like you said i i do like during getting some sloppy stupid submission is very in play because Andraj was doing better in the suarez fight like she was working her way into the fight and i remember the live odds were dropping big time and then sticks her neck out and gets caught and taps
1: i i honestly thought i was like ooh, you know maybe like i was just waiting for tatiana to get tired and i thought it was on the way to potentially happening um, but then you know she got tapped there. But Mackenzie doesn't. Re- she doesn't really have submissions like that. She's like a leg lock person, or she like needs to like control you. Like she, I don't. Th- I've never seen her do like a guillotine or any submission. Mm, like no, that. I've, yeah, not, that. Even not even her. Just not even in her like ADCC matches. None of that. So
0: yeah, she yeah she doesn't go for like like many chokes. It's a lot of arms and knees and you know. Um, but uh, she,
1: I mean, she couldn't submit your girl. Like
0: yeah, I don't know. Bad. I feel like
1: Jessica might. I think Jessica might be a a good dog shot this week.
0: Um, I'm just looking at the card now. Uh, It's the top two fights are big boy fights. Every other fight is below welterweight. It's all lightweight and below for the entire rest of the card. That's good to see. Um, But an absolute banger of a fight next. uh, A veterans matchup. Matt Frivola, Benal Saint-Denis. Odds for this one have Saint-Denis minus 225. Frivola plus 190. What what an amazing matchup here. Good job by the UFC. Benoit coming off that incredible win over Moises uh, in Paris. Favola coming off an incredible win over Dover in Jersey.
1: Just all the stars align in here. Your turn to start this one off. Love this fight. You know, this is one that I was expecting. I was like, okay, you know, Benoit established himself against a guy like, uh, you know, a guy with a lot of fights like uh, Moises. Now let's get him against someone who has fought a lot of tough guys, but is not really a prospect but he's maybe like more of a gatekeeper kind of guy, but a solid guy still, not too old, not not over the hill, and on a little bit of a win streak, right? Now, if you look at Frivola's fights, you know, a lot of them, you know, obviously he's gotten clipped a few times in his losses, but he's fought valiantly in all the other fights, right? He, he's he been very competitive, even against Armin, um, but, but all his fights are typically quite competitive overall. Um, Benoit, though, is, you know, he's a tank. He's, you know, a very, very big, uh, lightweight, um you know bullies his way into that clinch into that back clinch specifically and kind of just is relentless with continuing to go with that but in my opinion he's not like you know the most nuanced striker right he's a, a a southpaw right he's looking to throw that left kick but his his defense is just straight up bad. Like he he got clubbed a few times against uh, Moises. Right, they were kind of getting into a swinging match a little bit at like the end of the first round. And even though t- Moises is you know not really um, what I would call like a fighter's fighter, he was kind of like standing in that pocket, clipped him a few times. He, Moises even double liked him at one point. But he like I, I guess maybe he surprised himself because he really didn't follow up on it too much. But Frivola is. Um, as you astutely pointed out to me, you know, before a high, a a very good, or high school wrestler, right? From Long Island. Um, obviously he's been training with the Sarah Longo camp for a long time, makes his, you know, makes his paychecks with his fists. but no noob on the ground fought, um, Armin on short notice right after the potato incident, right? I think that was, that was him, the potato incident and, um, you know, was moving around with him, you know, pretty well there one line that i feel that is you know very very strange is we have the, the difference between Benoit by KO plus 145 and Benoit by submission plus 400 now i'm looking at that and that just feels very odd to me because if they're on the feet like yeah i guess i could see Benoit knocking him out because you know frivolo has been clipped a few times he his shin sometimes you know it's not great early on but Benoit i just really don't think this guy's got very like he's he's very um a uh, pinpoint striker overall on the feet, and I feel if he's swinging with Matt Fravola, who's fought multiple southpaws, you know, in his career, um who has actually good head movement, who times his counters, you know, very very well. I don't think it's gonna go for well for him. So this is the second consecutive dog shot that I feel is pretty reasonable because, yeah, I do think that Benoit is very is gonna be very hard to take out. Um, but I feel that he's just going to potentially, you know, New York city crowd, right. He doesn't have these French, these French fries, you know, all behind them singing whatever freaking song that they got that they, that they, uh, you know, pair it with each other. You know, he don't got none of that. He's coming into hostile territory for Vola's last two fights were, you know, here and across the pond, right. In, um, in, in Jersey. Um, and I just feel that Benoit's going to get into a swinging match with him potentially if Frivola could dig any underhooks at all, you know, to to keep himself off the clinch and and away from grappling situations. And I just don't think that he's going to easily break a man with the will to win like Matt Frivola. So this is another dog shot that I'm liking. You know, I wanted a a little bit more of a plus in the plus 200 range, but at plus 190, I'm shipping it as well because I just feel that Benoit is, is, is... you know, he could get fraud checked here a little bit in terms of uh, how, how he approaches the fight. And uh, and we'll see. Maybe. I'll, and I'm looking at a little bit of a frivola round three. I kind of like. So I'm going to look for the best price that I could get on that. Hopefully, more than 20 to one and roll with that and the money line. So let's go, Matt. Steamroller. Frivola.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of good points brought up there as well I'm, I'm aligning with your line of thinking a, a lot today and i'm sure it's going to continue um but first of all that that saint fight and the S fight the, the french crowds dude are, are pretty fucking crazy like
1: it was I mean, good no it was good i'm just saying incredible. he's not he's not gonna be able to feed off that oh, energy That's, yeah def- no you definitely get a boost from that you for sure do.
0: um and and for Vola, i mean i remember i was at his last fight and people like before the fight like uh, they were like in the bar before the fight the event started going into the event everyone is doing steamroll a chance like he have fucking 200 people squad deep in that bitch at least um and i didn't i didn't expect that shit to happen at all with him knocking out drew Dober in a striking fight i not i don't think many expected that but i certainly did not expect that and I think Frivola has a lot of good tools that you would want against a guy like Saint Denis. I mean, Saint Denis has looked like a, a juggernaut in his recent fights. But if you're looking, if you're looking to fade him against an opponent, you would want them to be a good wrestler, not be able to get easily taken down, like Moises just easily flopping to his back, and some guys like Miranda and Bonfine, like he would just get an easy takedowns there. And then if they stand and trade on the feet, Frivola has firepower, man. I mean, we just saw him crack the once impenetrable chin of Drew Dober and put him out there and I just think frivola kind of thrives in that kind of dogfight I am a little worried about his chin I do think that that Saint Denis is the more durable of the two we've seen frivola cracked and knocked out several times before so that does concern me but I just don't see him, Benoit, getting those easy takedowns. So if he's not able to get that easy top time like he was against Moises, it's going to be striking. It's going to be volatile exchanges where Benoit is throwing a lot of volume, but he's leaving his chin way out there. Like you said, I mean, he has virtually no defense. And Moises hit him with a lot of good shots. And I just think that Frivola is going to be able to to bite down on the mouthpiece and to, to land a big punch here of his own and possibly hurt uh, St. Denis at some point um people will say oh Saint Denis is so tough the the Zaleski fight okay that was at 170 that was like a week's notice and i mean that fight it was universally agreed that that was like one of the worst non stoppages ever like just because he stayed alive in that fight doesn't mean he's durable i mean he was getting killed out there so i don't think that it's like a, a given that De- the Denise chin is you know impenetrable um like Drew Dobbers once was, but that was not a problem for the steamroller. He's fighting in a tri-state area, Jersey, New York. I think this guy really has some special powers. So I definitely think it's Frivola or Pass. Um, Have not made the wager myself. I'm all all favorites this week, except I think Frivola is probably the most enticing dog for me and also this fight just going long i I could see these guys just matching up evenly and and having a dogfight maybe both getting some top position time i definitely think Frivola uh has the the better chance at landing offensive takedowns here which might surprise some people so i think the fight going the distance at three to one and both their decision lines are are intriguing but i would just take gtd because if it's going to go the distance it's going to be
1: competitive so what do you think about worth worth, worth noting that, um, Denise never won a decision. Mm. He's only been to the decision against, uh, Zalesky. He's been into a third round, but he's gotten a third round finish. Like when, like his second what was it, his, uh, his second MMA fight. He got a third round finish. But other than that, that's the only other time he's been in a third round. Mm, that is a good note. Um, we're moving on to the last and You know, you first. know, you know that Matt Frivolo is gonna be in shape, dude. He's always, you know, he he he's not a guy that slows down.
0: No, yeah, he trains incredibly hard. Um, we're moving on to the last one on the main card, featherweight division project. Pat Sabatini taking on Diego Lopes. Odds for this one have Sabatini minus 121, Lopes plus 101. Everybody loves Diego Lopes. Not me. Not me personally, but everybody else seems to love him. Um I guess it's my turn to start this one off. So, um, I'm pretty Lopes, surprised that this is the main card opener. I did not know. I think that. people. I think they respect. their are respecting Lopes. I mean, he did put on an entertaining fight versus Ivloyev in his first fight, and then he obviously had the finish. Um, what, what? What was that? A triangle? Yeah. Versus that? It was a
1: triangle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he was big. He he had him in a the triangle, then he threatened the armbar, and then basically uh, he pulled him into the triangle deeper, you know, mm. threatening that armbar. Yeah, I mean,
0: we, you know what you're getting from from uh, Lopes, right? I mean, the guy's striking is rather basic, but he he throws out volume. And then he, he always gets taken down. He's always flopping to his back, but he's also dangerous off his back. So I just think this is a very clear fight where if I think Lopez can submit him in the first round. And if not, I think Pat is going to have him figured out. He's going to get consistent top position time. He's going to grind out these takedowns and he's going to wear Lopes down similar to how uh, most of our did. Uh, and I think Pat is really on that same level as a, a grappler. Uh, I think his control and his, you know, locking down positions might even be better than Avloyev. His pure wrestling not, might not be as good, but I think his his control once he gets you down is possibly better than most of our Evloyev. So I see Pat just getting takedowns here, grinding out the win. Obviously, a, a small chance he gets submitted. You got to be concerned about that one fight against James Gonzalez. He got like Oma Plata and his arm broken. Uh, but outside of that, I think this should be a Pat Wrestling Clinic from the American here. What are
1: you thinking? Yeah, it's a very interesting fight here. Like I said, bout order, I didn't know. I thought this was actually a prelim fight, but I guess they have it on the main card. Um, you know, there's been, I think, three three or four fights of Lopes that he's fought guys who know how to wrestle and know jujitsu. jitsu okay? So Marzar uh, Evloev, the burrito fight, And this fight that he had in like ECB against some Russian. And in all three of those fights, he kind of just got put through the grinder. You know, he was doing his normal thing. And look, I like Diego Lopez's style. I've been known, like the armbar that he gets on these guys, bro, I'm the fucking master at that. Or I'm not, I'm just one of my favorite moves. One of the techniques that I like going for the most. Um, you know, getting that arm, you know, scooping the leg, kind of, you know, getting those hits out, that Fedor armbar, right, that that he kind of made popular, you know, in the pride days. But, man, I just don't think that it's going to work against Pat. And now given, like we said, the motherfucker did get his arm broken the one time that he got submitted. But, Martian, at least we know if he gets the arm, his arm caught, what do we know, Martian? He's willing to let that shit break, which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool because if, if, I'm telling you right now, I I'd tap. But dude, when he got his arm broken, he kind of just looked at it. He's like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "God damn it!" Like <laughs> this thing is definitely broken. Um, but he's tough. So, but my my bit. So this is a pick that I also have. I have passed Sabatini this week. I would say, honestly, though, I would rank it lower on my confidence scale. And the reason being for that is, honestly, Diego Lopes on the feet. Because Diego Lopes on the feet, in comparison to the st- uh, the type of strikes that Pat throws, he's just way more dangerous. He throws with right. much more intent. You know way more intent. and Pat sometimes when he's throwing these shots out it looks like he's you know he's not very comfortable with the range. He doesn't really find like where the where the spot is for him to consistently land. Now he can land good strikes, but I would put him like he has like a little bit of that Sean Brady to him. but mm. I would even say Sean Brady's a little bit better than him, you know with kind of like finding like the or, or with the the style of striking that he employs. but Pat, he's kind of like, He's got like those little short T Rex arms a little bit. Um, he's kind of got that like wide back, and he really wants to just get you know get his arms around you, squeeze you, put you down, you know, in guard and kind of work from there. And on top, dude, he's smothering. He one of the, like from the guys that I've trained with, like and that have trained with Pat as well. They're like, man, this guy's like one of the best guys I've ever you know I've ever trained with. And the, the the biggest thing in terms of the ground game that I like about Pat is that he forces half guard. He forces. Chest to chest he does not really stay in the guard all that much right you will see you saw that in the Lucas Almeida fight and it's a big staple with the Henzo Gracie Philly fight the fighters right you see that they're always looking to get that half guard they're looking to get to, to ride those legs to kind of use that use like a mix of the what like Khabib and those guys do with kind of like tying up those legs and then working their way into top top mound and getting that handcuff and you know riding you from there Um, which I think should be effective against a guy like Lopes who's a guard player so Mm. what I think we'll see take place in this fight is um, Pat looking to avoid his guard looking to go to that half guard and uh, we're going to probably see Diego Lopes looking to go for leg locks and looking to kind of look for like scooping the leg um, you know in half guard getting his knee in the way kind of like spinning under him and trying to do that a lot and I think that should pose it, it goes well into Pat's game. So I feel like his grappling game, the strengths of it are the weaknesses of Diego Lopes. So that's why I like him here as a, as, as a small favorite. Minus 120 seems pretty good to me. But I also feel that Pat later on finish. So I'm going to maybe be a little bit lighter on the money line and then take some round two, round three props for Pat because I've seen Diego Lopes start to wilt later on in fights. And I do think that this fight, either way, it's a main card opener is gonna they gonna get active is what we say in new york they're gonna get yeah. active in this fight so you know the under might be a good shot here at minus 150 um but i'm thinking that we might we, we possibly see a finish here in this fight so but my the side for me is pat sabatini as well
0: good points about the the closed guard and i think pat threw way more ground and pound in that last fight than he traditionally did so yes That'll mm-hmm. be a that'll be a good sign. Uh moving on to the first uh the last fight in the prelim. Steve Urkeg taking on Alessandro Costa. Odds for this one have Urkeg minus 195 or 190 Costa plus 160. It was supposed to be Urkeg versus Matt Schnell. Costa filling in here on short notice. Your turn to start this one off in the flyweight division.
1: Yes, yeah, so we got a steam move here. I believe this was uh closer to like -140, -130 Urkeg. I can confirm that there has been tau action, tau action on the Steve Urkeg fight. So that's why we were getting a -190, you know, line here. Um, you know, I like Erkeg. I like that fight against Dvorak. It was an in- interesting fight to me. You know, it, it showed a lot of skills um, that Erkeg brought. You know, he was a- it-, it just showed me that he was a very intelligent fighter because a lot of the, you know, there's a-, a lot of positions that maybe he got behind on or that Dvorak had success with but then Urkeg would immediately look for, you know, um, the, the positions that he that he clearly trained, whether it be that guillotine that he would snatch up, you know, very often, some of the strike selections that he would go for, some of the ways that when he was transitioning to top positioning, and like the, the control points that he was looking for. So he looked like a very well-schooled, very uh, experienced fighter, and a guy that was coming in there with a, with a plan of attack which was impressive to me, as well as his cardio, uh, given that it was on short notice. Now, Costa, on the other hand, has been a guy who, for me, has, um, uh, I think, been overrated, like, from the, the what people have told me. For his contender fight, I didn't really know, you know, too much about him. People were telling me he was a lock, he was this and that. I think he was, like, minus 300. Was a pretty close fight. I thought that they could have potentially given it, given that fight to the other guy, who, who I didn't think was very good. You know, he had a good fight, a uh, first round against... Um, Against uh, what's his guy Albazi and who is good, but I feel that in this fight, I, I feel that he is dangerous. So I don't want to be on the I don't want to be on the favorite here. So it'd be for me dog or pass at this position. But I think this would be a good live bet fight because we saw Costa use those calf kicks, which I always like to see, especially at this one 125 weight class. Them boys do not have thick legs, so kick the fuck out of that calf. um And on the ground, you know he's a jujitsu black belt as well, so I can see his fight being close overall. Um, but I do think that both have finishing, uh, finishing threat, you know, Urkeg could be a little hittable on the feet. I feel, especially with, I think we're going to see a little bit of a speed difference here early on. So, um, I think, you know, I was thinking about maybe potentially uh, an over because sometimes I think maybe, you know, when you have two guys that are dangerous, they cancel each other out, but I'm going to avoid this fight overall. I think it's going to be an entertaining one. I feel it could be a good live bet one where, you know, maybe Costa gets out to early lead similar to the Albazi fight and that ends up maybe getting finished later on because uh urkeg is very opportunistic um but for, but it would have to be dogger pass i can't lay 90 cents or anything like that is definitely the worst of the number and i do think it, it, this is a fight that pot- potentially uh tightens a little bit more i think we'll, we'll get a little bit of action on costa and i wouldn't be surprised if this closed like more like minus 170 urkeg so that's all for me
0: yeah, not a fight with super high confidence, no bets for me, but I do think Urkeg will win. And just re-watching Kostas fights, I mean, he's just very... Kind of rudimentary. He has that tight shell. He throws calf kicks. He boxes, but he doesn't do a whole lot else, you know. And I think that if the fight stays standing, I I could see to having success with with those hands and the leg kicks. But I could see urkeg having some success because he's just real long and opportunistic. And we we saw him getting outstruck by Dvorak early on, and then he just kept working his way into the fight, and he eventually dropped him there with a the punch, and eventually you know turned that entire fight around. So, uh, you know, four inch, uh height advantage for Urkeg here. I think that could lead to him having some success standing. And if anybody is having success grappling, I just think it's really on the Urkeg side. I saw really bad stuff from uh, the ground game of al You know, he... Uh, When he got dropped in round two there, he just went full guard and just was completely locking his legs, shoulders flat on the mat for over four minutes there. Got taken down again in the the third round. I think he got taken down at the end of the first, too. So I just think his takedown defense did not look good. The Luna fight on the contender series wasn't good. And, you know, Urkeg full camp. I actually think this is probably an easier fight than Matt Schnell. Uh, So I think this line where it's at now, Urkeg 65% seems pretty accurate to me. But I agree with what you're saying about live bet. Maybe Costa starts fast, and then he fades because he's the one on short notice. So look out for that. Another fight thrown together here on short notice. Mateus Rebeki taken on Roosevelt Roberts was supposed to be Rebeki versus Nurul Aliyev. Instead, poor Roosevelt Roberts is getting thrown to the woods. Uh, wait, wolves. <laughs> <laughs> The line for this just dropped. It's Rebecca minus 600. And that's fucking accurate. I can tell you that Roosevelt Roberts is not stopping Rebecca, bro. There's no way like this is not to be a, to go, you know, full retard here, but this is kind of a lock that Rebecca's going to win the fight, man. There's, there's no way this surfboard looking motherfucker Roosevelt Roberts with his noodly ass legs is stopping a wrecking ball like Rebecca. So, uh, maybe look to to get another uh, late Rebecca prop, like round two, round three of some sort.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I think this fight got put together like yesterday or today or something like that. Uh, you know, I don't really look into it too much. Um, yeah, Roosevelt lost. Did he? Lo- who did he lose? Did he lose to Hollerball or hu- Hubbard? He lost to Hubbard on the show. Okay, was that a two round fight or a three round fight? Do I think you know? it went all three. It went all three. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, overall, obviously, Rebecca's last fight was awesome. You know, really, really good fight against um, Lo Loek, where he just tore apart those legs. I think he like tore tore this guy's knee ligaments or something. It was bad. Um, but you know, South Pole machine, he's kind of like, he's like Johnny Hendricks, dude. If Johnny Hendricks knew how to th- throw kicks and, uh, was You're still nice on steroids guy. and, and was Polish, dude. <laughs> so, um, you know, the dude is good, dude. I want to see him, you know, I, I thought the fight against uh, Aliev was a little bit weird, but I will want to see this guy maybe, um, you know, uh, 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 get a little step up after this overall. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe Roosevelt could do some, some, some surviving here, honestly, maybe, you know. With those, I mean those skinny legs are gonna get torn apart though. So this is a good bathroom break fight. Should be a little bit of violence here, but you know, don't put it past Roosevelt to, you know, this guy, he's got that little bot, you know, quick, quick hand sometimes. There's been crazier things than Rebecca getting clipped with a shot. So I think it would um, be more
0: 18 if he does if he somehow loses, he could like stick his neck out and get choked.
1: Yeah, I could see that too. Cause he, I mean, this guy, he did go three. Let's let's put into pre- he did go three rounds with what, what's what's who's the guy that Chase Super just uh, killed? Uh, Nick Fior. Fiore, it was his name? yeah. Fiore. He went three rounds with him. You know, so he he will so if he goes to the takedown, um, and they grapple. Um, it's not necessarily that he's gonna get a finish. You know, so um, if there's a, a interesting over a one and a half, maybe I could be interested in that. Um, but you know, probably a, a past fight for me overall. Yeah, but let's like, always th- remember that that, that that you know he did go three rounds to Nick Fiore. So. That is
0: true. Yes.
1: Um,
0: women's fight next. Is it the only women- No, second women's fight on the card. Uh, flyweight division. Uh, strawweight division. Tabitha Ricci taking on Lupe Godinez. Odds for this one have Loopy minus one seventy five, Ricci plus one
1: fifty here. And so... you're trying to start this one off. Let's go. This is a um Martian. What do you what do you what would you call your Discord? Do you do you have a name for it overall? You never named it, right? What, what Discord? Well, this the Discord that we have. That doesn't exist. <laughs> All right, whatever. This is a smash collab syndicate play overall that we got loaded up on loopy godiness. Okay, so you know, obviously the line's been moving up. You know, it, it moved down earlier in the week, right? This is kind of shades of the 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 K C fight from last week loopy went down all the way to like minus 130 minus 125 we got in there um on that price but i did uh, earlier in the week or last week i was like in atlantic city i put in some bets on her at minus 170 so mm-hmm. i think even at this price it's still a good price i think honestly um because you know breaking down this fight ricci overall she's got the jujitsu pedigree but overall i just don't think this i've 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 been tried and true on this and she's been winning these fights but i do not think her style is one that is really like one that could should be win against competent mma fighters and i feel that lupi gonidas is a competent mma fighter she's got quick hands She's she's developing a little bit more power from what i'm seeing right she's training with alexa grasso she went back to her roots she's out of that shit hole country canada shout out chad uh, out of the Canada and she's training down in Mexico with the champion. They're training that elevation. You're training with Diego Lopes. They, they got a good, they got good energy around them. I got to admit there's money coming in there as well. Let me tell you, there's money being funneled in that direction. Okay guys. And, uh, so they have good accommodations overall and she's active. Okay. So I sometimes don't like seeing that but given that this is the women female division, it's not like they're getting a lot of CTE in these fights and stuff like that, you know, unless, you know, maybe in like 50 years, we'll find out that, you know, she's got bad CT, but whatever. Anyway, you know, I think this is like her third or fourth fight of this year, her second fight in like three months. So I'm hoping that that activity doesn't catch up to her negatively, but I just feel that overall, she's been getting more comfortable with her game. She gets more authoritative takedowns than Ricci, right? You see Ricci, she'll get these little single legs, she'll grab these legs, and then she'll go for like these little stupid trips that, yeah, they'll work on sometimes when these girls don't know how to wrestle at all. But Loopy, both of her sisters, dude, are on the, the freestyle Canadian national team. She knows how to wrestle. If they're in these turtle positions, right? We saw, uh, Robertson get a takedown on, on, uh, on uh, Ricci, but she couldn't keep her down because she could, what's Godina do? She's good at circling around, get, uh, holding that front headlock, pulling you around, circling to your back, getting the cradle, whatever it is. These these wrestling positions that a lot of times we don't see in the female divisions, Lupi actually knows how to do that. Now, Richie, on the other hand, she hasn't really, sh- other than the, the Jessica Panay fight, you haven't really seen her be able to implement jujitsu. jitsu And I don't think that this is going to be a fight where she's going to be able to hold down Lupi Gorinas. So I just think that on the feet, Lupi's going to be landing harder punches, is going to be more direct with her strikes. And then if they do want to grapple, Lupi actually lands the more uh, authoritative takedowns, to actually put her in good positions to follow up hold their opponent down, land ground and pound and do the whole nine. So, um, I don't put credit on the Julian Robertson win. Julian Robertson at 115 is weak as fuck. Um, and and I just like to, uh uh Lupi Gorinez a lot in this fight. So, I think that she should get I don't think it's going to be that It's going to be easy, right? It's minus 400 to go to the decision. So I think it's going to go to the decision, but I just feel that it's going to be very clear who's landing the harder punches, who's controlling the fight, who's dictating the pace. And that shall be Lupi Gorinas.
0: You can't say it too much better myself. I'm not going to waste too much more time because that was a very succinct breakdown. I'm in agreement also on Lupi minus 130. But I've also bet against Ricci, I think, like three times in a row. This is the fourth time in a row. I actually bet I've I've donated a lot against Ricci. And I've been wrong against her. And actually, on the the fourth fight, I bet on actually no, I've lost on every single one of her fights in the UFC so far, and I'm on loopy here. So um, y'all might y'all might think that that's a bad sign, but I think I'm due. Uh, I'm due for a profit on a Ricci fight, and this is going to be that one. So I got loopy money line here. Uh, just echoing all the points that Ozzy made, and that's going to take us to the lightweight division next. Nazim Sadikov taking on Slava Borshev. Odds for this one: Nazim minus one hundred and forty, Slava plus one hundred and twenty. Good matchup here. I think this is a really well put together fight. Both guys around the same tiers. And, you know, I've underrated Slava a little bit. I think the guy striking is, um, you know, getting much better and dangerous. and But it's just this guy's takedown defense and his... Defensive grappling, once he's taken down, is atrocious, man. I mean, he really can't defend takedowns well. And then once he gets put on bottom, he has really no ability to to defend or to stand up without putting himself in very, very severe danger. I mean, Mike Davis, not really known for being a wrestler, was just getting easy takedowns, nine takedowns in that fight, mounted him over and over again. Dia Casey took him down, kept him down with ease, and it seems like the wrestling really tires Slava out. Like once he's put on bottom, it really depletes him. He, uh, he doesn't strike me as the kind of st- we see some strikers like Alex Pereira where we were talking about with the Yan fight. He gets taken down and he like saves energy. He gets up and then he goes goes sicko mode on you and he wins the round back. Slava is not that. Like his tank depletes once he gets taken down. Um, now. We're talking about all this, but Nazim Sadikov is not exactly a reliable wrestler. We have seen him get on top. We have seen him show good signs of grappling, and I do think he is the much better overall MMA fighter, but I would have liked to to see like him going to that offensive wrestling in his recent fights, which he hasn't done, but that's why we're kind of getting a generous price on him here because we're getting minus 140. I think that, that indicates that... Um, Sadikov has a, a chance to win the fight on the feet. He has a, a window, but I would cap him as the underdog if it stays standing. But he has massive, massive hindsight favorite potential if he hits these takedowns here. So let's hope Nazim and his coaches have game plan. I mean, I really think it's so blatantly obvious that Borshev is a horrible wrestler. It would be asinine if Nazim did not attempt any takedowns. And then, like I was saying, it like if Slava's is the favorite on the feet, if he's winning the striking. Um, I don't think that he's going to knock out Nazim. We saw Nazim go to war with Evan Elder and ate a lot of shots there, and he kept coming on. Um, so I think that if he's getting outstruck by Borshev, he's going to be like, okay, this guy's outstriking me. It's time to wrestle. It's time to switch things up, in which he should hit easy takedowns and maintain top position easily. So I got Nazim here. One of my lesser confident ones. I got him just for one unit at minus 135. Uh, but I'll pass it over to you.
1: Cool fight here. You got um, Nazim, who another Sarah Lango guy, um, you know, southpaw. And you mentioned that Evan Elder fight, very underrated fight. You know, Evan Elder is a very good prospect at 155. You saw in his last fight, he looked pretty good, I thought, but uh, a guy that's very well-rounded. And, um, you know, the, those boys had a scrap. But in that fight, you know, I felt that Nazim was uh, potentially going to be taken over in that third round. But overall, like you said, Pretty, you know, has skills in a lot of different areas. Um, I think that the Southpaw, the, the fact that he's a Southpaw should be to his benefit here. The Slava's best attack is his left hook. That's what he knocked out Chris Duncan with. That's what he set up the uh, overhand right with uh, when he knocked out, what's his name, Mahashate. Um He's always throwing, trying to throw that left hook to the body as well. And I think the Southpaw nature should uh, 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 mute that a little bit. Um, but I, I feel that, like you said, there's just a lot of easy, easy things to see on tape for a guy like Nazim to take advantage of, um, versus a guy like Slav. I think he's gonna be the stronger fighter in there. I think he's gonna be the more, um, you know, very fighter here as well with the, with the the left body kick and the kicks that we're gonna see there. Um, and I'm actually liking him, so I did play uh, put a uh, play on him on the money line, but I did also take a little stab at, at uh, him by decision. Uh, I I found a plus 330 or plus 325 number on him. And I think that that is honestly potentially a pretty good number because one, like you're saying, you know, this could be a striking fight where maybe it's 1-1 going into a third round, right? You got a, you got a plus 320 ticket in your pocket, pretty good. Um, As well as, you know, if, if uh, he's able to bank some rounds with the grappling, whether that be early or late, you know, I do think that, uh, you know, Slava showed that, he is, you know, he he's not a quitter, you know, so I'm gonna give him credit. He's not a quitter. He could have uh, found a way out uh, a few times against Mike Davis. Mike Davis really busted him up, you know, I think from the mount a few times uh, when, when he did get him down. But the main thing is, one, the guy can't really get up to his feet. And then two, like, he'll give up these dominant positions. So... Um, you know, maybe it'll be a little sweaty with the decision line, so that's why it's it's only a small play to be on top of the uh, the by decision line. But I just think that uh, Nazim is just a cerebral fighter. He's going to be able to to find you know the the path to victory, and it might not be early. So that's why I think this fight potentially could go a little bit later. Um, so th- this is a, another fight where I think you could look for like um, those lines where you have um, they give you like round three or by decision kind of line. Um, that could potentially be a way to, to play Nazim and both the angles that, that I'm liking here. But I definitely like him in this fight. So I think that he's going to pick up a win here overall. And I just think that he's able to combat a lot of the strengths that Slava has uh, while exploiting his weaknesses you know, at the same time. So that's what I look for when I'm betting on MMA. That's what you should look for as well, even if you don't agree with me on this particular pick.
0: Yeah, and yeah, uh, training with Matt for too. The vibes are, are definitely good over there in uh, Strong they,
1: Island. They got a good one fifty five, one forty five pool over there in uh, in Long Island. Let me tell Al-Jos you, Aljo's out there helping them.
0: Ally Kinta his, his wisdom is helping them. Um, very strong team unity they got going on. Let's hope. And if anybody is in the, the inner circle, like let's let's get Nazim the game plan, the wrestling game plan. We need to make sure that he's wrestling out here. Um boy, boy, you from Azerbaijan.
1: Come on, you gotta go for takedowns. Yeah, one's a, good, back.
0: a good USSR fight right here. Um <laughs> and we're moving on to another fight in the lightweight division we got another one of new york's own jared gordon taking on mark madsen odds for this one have gordon minus 182 madsen plus 157 i feel like gordon's got to be like one of the the podcast favorite fighters i mean I love him just a stud <laughs> stud fighter even though he did beat up my man bill algio back in the day i was i was there in person and i was like wait how is bill losing like how is he getting out of box right now? I didn't know that was possible. Um, but it was a great fight. And uh let's see, it's
1: your turn to start this one off. Let's get let's get right sure. back to it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, so we got um both these guys, they share um you know the, the uh uh the accolades of being choked out by Grand Dawson. Um, one guy did it a little bit more embar- embarrassing, uh, than the other, I'll let you guys, you know, watch the tape and figure out which one that was, but you know, I like Jared Gordon in this fight, the The queen of New York or the queen of Queens, or the king of Queens, excuse <laughs> <me>. <laughs> the king of Queens. Um, he's going to be holding it down while I, while I'm away. Um, but yeah, I really like him in this fight. You know, the thing with Mark Madsen is right. He'll tell you, right. He'll tell you wh- what his accolades are, right three-time uh, whatever european champion four-time olympian what nobody cares bro you're fighting mma this shit was like 12 years ago the shit that you're talking about okay and as an mma fighter the guy's just no good to, he's just no good he's not good at any at anything in particular um unless like you're gonna let him lock his hands you know around you and and freaking throw do a gut wrench or whatever the fuck they do and in, in, in that bullshit as a style of wrestling it ain't gonna work against jerry gordon because jerry gordon is gonna be landing that left hook on him all day long you know i think people were you know talking down on that performance that he had against bobby well who was he supposed to fight that they pulled him from the fight right after he got knocked out by bobby green was mm, he good who, who, who that uh, can, can give you look at Jim Miller. Okay. Yeah. So he's about to fight Jim Miller and everybody got on hot on the thing. Like, oh, he had the concussion and stuff like that. So I don't really remember where that line was more or less, but I know that some people like the Jim Miller side, cause they were like, Hey, Jim Miller's in the clip. him early, but then other people were like, yo, Jared's in a freaking cook. him. Jim Miller's got one round of gas. And you know, this is a fight where Mark massage is not a fighter, dude. You know, he fought, uh, he's going from Bobby green. Who's like the, like the most natural fighter that could ever be right. The guy's throwing, throwing these shots from all these different angles he's in your face he's throwing these stupid ass kicks to your knees that you know obviously work um but he's making you uncomfortable mark madsen doesn't do anything to make you uncomfortable on the feet so he barely he almost lost a striking fight to Clay Clay Guida, for god's sake okay so i just feel that jared he's like 11 and one in decisions right the, or i don't think he might not right uh yeah he, i think he's lost like one decision but he's great in decisions a bullshit he, decision Patty. bullshit as a yeah the patty pin yeah thank you for reminding me um i, I forgot about that Oof. but yeah but 11 and one in decisions dude builds as the fight goes on finds power strikes as the fight goes on and i feel like he's coming in here to make a statement dude this is a guy where they give you they're like jared knock this guy the fuck out like push his cardio push the pace on him he might even have grappling success on Mark Madison. But the the main thing is Mark Madison, even if he gets takedowns, dude, he's not going to be able to hold Jared Gordon down. He is just not going to happen. So I just feel that Jared Gordon, with his fundamental boxing, with his ways to always... Find his way to neutral positions is going to frustrate Mark Madsen, Is going to start clipping him as the fight goes on, wearing him down, and eventually, I think maybe potentially finishing him later on in the fight. But we're not going to go with that. We're going to go with the money line here. I went in at minus one seventy, 170, minus one seventy-five. I think up to minus two hundred, we're good here. Um, if you if you're unsure about that, maybe you take a little bit of the the, the buy decision line at plus one twenty-five to break it up a little bit. Um, but I love him in this spot. Yeah, I
0: put Gordon at a comfy minus 235 here, 70%. And I just think that the mark winning the fight would just need, he would need to really leverage his striking well, which he doesn't typically do, and then parlay that into takedowns. And just Gordon is tough to take down, man. I mean, Madsen's 39 years old. He's been competing for a really long time. Never really thought he was that great of an MMA fighter. And... I just think that rewatching some of the 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 Pachell fight, I mean, it just seems like that fight is not really relevant because I just don't see uh, Gordon getting taken down easily like Pachell did. And even then, that fight, Pachell worked his way back in. He had some moments. He won the second round. He got taken down in the center of the cage in round three, and that was it but I just really don't see um, that working against Gordon here. I think Gordon's the better striker by a a good margin. Gordon's got great cardio. He's got above average takedown defense and he lands a ton of strikes. I mean, Gordon, he lands strikes in the feet and then when he gets on top, if he does, he really makes the count lands a lot of ground and pound has racked up a lot of strikes on some guys over the full 15 minutes. And I just think that this fight really favors him. You know, uh, he's fighting in New York. Uh, I don't think he's got a win since that um oh no the Leo Santos fight. I, I was gonna say he still got that bad taste from the Patty fight. Oh no, no, he hasn't won a fight since the Patty Pimla fight. So frustrating year for Jared getting that knocked out with the head uh, the headbutt, losing that awful robbery to Patty. I think he's gonna get back on, on track here with a statement win, like Ozzy said, in his home um state. He you know, sold I think he sold uh he, he bought like nineteen thousand dollars worth of tickets or some shit for for his friends and family. So um, he better win. That's that might be his whole fucking purse. With the way the U.S. Mark, plays, Mark
1: Mattson Mark Mattson Also, I think he did his whole training camp in fucking Denmark.
0: Really? Well, yeah, uh,
1: fuck. Isn't Nicholas Dalby from Denmark though?
0: Oh man, that's Mid, yeah. Bad vibes. Move. Uh, but they, Denmark,
1: there couldn't be two more different fighters, dude, than Mark Mattson and freaking. Well, Nicholas the Dalby.
0: way they fight is honestly not that different. But Matt uh, but Dalby is just clearly built different. They're they're both dude they're, all. 39. All you see,
1: all you see on clips on Mark Madsen's Instagram, dude, is him deadlifting, cycling, rowing. Dude, this guy's not a You're fighter. Sniffing, sniffing Grotches, too. Um, dude, this guy's not a fighter. He's actually not a
0: cross sniffer because he's Greco-Roman, but you get the point. Um, next fight on the card is my favorite fight on the card. This is what MMA is all about, right here. The, these type of fights are my favorite ones. You got the 35th versus 34th ranked band of weight. Kyung Ho Kang taking on John Castaneda. Odds to this one: Castaneda minus one forty-three, Kang plus one twenty-three. And the the fight I'm talking about is just two. They're not ranked. They might not be known to to the entire audience. But these guys are studs. They're good fighters. I think Castaneda has had a really promising short run in the UFC so far. Kang has had a really underrated long reign in the UFC. Been in the UFC for almost 10 years now, I think. I think maybe uh, nine nine years you know actually 10 years uh he took know, two he, years off in the military show. of course eight and three in that in that time uh and you know coming off of two good wins i bet on him in both fights as the dog you know really disciplined striking performance versus bat uh great you know just uh brawl versus quinones got hurt with the strike there bit down in the mouthpiece ended up rocking quinones and choking him out and the guy is just a, a skilled fighter in all areas i mean uh, he He's good on top. He's really good uh, at um, kind of he, he lays, lays in praise at times, but he can take backs and submit you. And then his striking is really solid. A lot of calf kicks, good jab. Um, but in this fight, I see Cassineta's southpaw stance giving him trouble because Kang has not fought many southpaws. The guy that he has, Guido Canetti, Teruto Ishihara, not the best fighters. He did finish them both in the first round, but I just think that this is probably the best striker that, kang has fought in a really long time and and i mean if you look at just his past 10 15 opponents he really he hasn't fought the highest level competition in the ufc and i think this this is just a very unique look a, a crafty southpaw striker a guy who's good at, at at all ranges of striking and can possibly even mix it up with some ground game as well i don't think this one will go. I don't think Castaneda will willingly take it to the ground. If anyone's trying to wrestle here, I think it'll be Kang. But I see Kang wanting to keep the fight at that jabbing range, that long distance where he can land his kicks, land his jab, keep things long and, um, you know, at the end of his punches. While Castaneda is going to be, you know, slipping off the center line, avoiding that jab and trying to get inside the pocket with that southpaw striking of his. Really like his left hand and his, he mixes in some head kicks really well as well. And I just think the pace of Castaneda will eventually uh, take over here. Kang, um, I think, I think his, he doesn't really go the hard 15 minutes the entire time. I think Castaneda uh, has really good cardio, and that will come uh, into play here. I could see it being 1-1 heading into the third round, but I, I, I trust Castaneda to pull away more. And I trust him as the slight favorite here. I cap him you know closer to uh minus 180 i would say minus 200 seems about right for castaneda but really good fun fight i don't like betting to get against my man kang he's been a good uh money train recently but i gotta go against him here and go with sexy Mexi in this one
1: interesting interesting fight here you know at the 135 weight class um you know overall it Castaneda, I've been a fan of his, um, you know, and I think that he brings a lot of good skills. He, you know, hunts a lot of the, you know, good strikes. He, he has great foot foot positioning to find uh, find these big strikes of his. But I do think that Kang early on in the first round, or you know, in the first half of the fight, like you said, with that bit, you know, that that long, you know, poking jab of his, I think he's going to have a was it like a a four inch reach advantage somewhere, you know, in in, in that area. Um, he's going to be looking to poke out that jab a lot maybe a uh, work in that inside leg kick um, and then follow up with his uh, right hand so I think early on it's going to be a very even fight so this is a, bet, a fight that I would look to live bet instead of laying the juice personally on Castaneda but I do like Castaneda by decision here if you could get a plus 140 plus 150 or similar similar to um I think one of the other fights earlier on that I said um, around three or a decision for Castaneda at plus money, I think is solid. I don't think that he really is going to, you know, if I've seen a lot of his uh, previous fights, um, the power, sh- he, he, he really look, doesn't look to, to uh, put uh, huge punches on you early. He looks to kind of rev that engine, you know, as the fight goes on. And uh, and find the bigger strikes, you know, as they as go as they go later. I remember I personally had um, him by decision. I had money line as well, but him by decision against uh, Miles Johns. And right there is one time that I wish that I had that round three or by decision uh, line. So he really does uh, put it on people later on in the fight. He gets good reads, which is uh, um, you know often what happens with southpaw strikers. And King is like you said, 36, 37. A bit older um so i think if he is having success early on whether that be grappling with maybe getting some clinch takedowns and stuff like that i do think he could slow down and i do think that castaneda will not might will make him pay if he slows down so i like you know getting a little splash of that if we could find a good line on that but um i won't be laying the juice only a castaneda by decision uh uh, uh ticket Or a round three slash by decision ticket. But I would pick Castaneda to get the win this long. Your round three for cast is plus
0: 1,000. so, And that's going to move us along to the flyweight division. Joshua Van, Kevin Boras, two young guys here. Um, We got Van minus 225, Boras plus 190. Your
1: turn to start this one off. We'll fight here. Joshua Van came through for me as the underdog in his last fight against the I think he was like plus like 240, 230, somewhere in that in, in that area. And uh, and uh, Kevin, you know, cash as a dog as on the contender series. So, you know, coming out of uh, Peru, scrappy guy, you know, 25 year old, I think he'll be 26 later on uh, or like a week or two later. Um, I do think that he trained, I don't know where he, tra- I don't know if he trains uh you know, in Peru specifically, but he's a scrappy guy, you know, he got put in a few bad positions, you know, in, um, in that fight against Victor, but was able to fight out of it. And then when he did get on the feet, you know, he was, uh, like a freaking, um, conveyor belt dude with these punches, right? Like we were talking about, he's like, jab, cross, jab, cross. Like he just was putting it on I thought he's going to finish Victor, but, uh, Victor was able to tough it out. You know, I think his his nose is bloody, you know, pretty much, but, um, it was a good performance by him. Vando, like him as a prospect here, the guy's very, very young, uses his strike so very very well i feel builds into the fight and has an underrated grappling game in my opinion so i do think that this fight um could be close early on just with the nature of the 125 weight class but i feel like with these 125 guys like they finish like in a flash like in an instant and you're like damn like i thought i had a good decision ticket or this or that you know, and then poof, is gone. So they, they have him um, to finish, like they, they're favoring a finish later on potentially from Van. There's lining this set at like a one and a half and stuff like that. So I wouldn't really invest in um, anything on the total side of things. If Van, if, if the uh, line got a little bit closer, I think I would be a little bit interested in in Van. But, you know, I, I do think that potentially him by submission, you know, I would try to do one of the round props, like pair the round and submission. Like you could get round two submission for Van, Eighteen to one round three submission twenty five to one you know up you know or somewhere similar because I just feel that Kevin is he's just a tough South American dude it's gonna be hard to put him out with strikes you know in my opinion and I do think that at some point Van will look for uh, a takedown here so I do like that little angle of a submission so um, so I'm gonna look for the best price on that and uh, and hunt that um but uh but yeah you know taking that plus money there with two young fighters I think is the way to go.
0: I'm actually kind of leaning, um, Van Juice at this price. I just see him as a lot more polished. I know the guy's, you know, incredibly young. I think he's what 22, and he went pro just like two or three years ago. Yeah, two years ago, and he's just racking up fights. Um, but I'm really impressed what I see from this guy. He's got a really good eye for striking exchanges, and uh, have seen him mix up the grappling well. I, I'm just, I'm wondering where this guy like trains because. I gotta look into that because that that gym, whatever it is, is one to look out for. Because if a guy this young, twenty two years old, can have such a good eye for striking exchanges and can be experiencing grappling and defensive grappling and have good cardio and be this active, that's a gym to look out for. Four ounce, you, you, you're club. gonna
1: you're you're gonna be on the first flight over, right? You're gonna sign up you, get, Fuck no, you got huh, like,
0: right? Th- th- this like <laughs> van being like 22 and me being 25 i'm like damn bro like what this what am i doing um you still got time martian you know we get you no. in there bro no um <laughs> But Borjas, I think it's kind of interesting this guy got in the UFC. I mean, Contender Series, his Contender Series fight was, wasn't very good. It wasn't very exciting. Uh, he lost a good portion of the fight, was taken out a lot. And he he kind of just won basically because Diaz had no ability to push a pace. I mean, this guy was gassed after round one. And every time they would get on the feet, Diaz just had nothing. I mean, Boras was just spamming, jab, cross, left hook to the body, to the head. And... Even though he got taken down and control for, what, seven, eight minutes of this fight, uh, he was able to win the fight pretty clearly the second and third round just because uh, Diaz had just did no damage in those later rounds. So I don't really think that Borjas is that good, and I think he's kind of coming off a of kind of a mediocre performance. And if you're looking for some of his fights before the UFC, hard to track them down. We got two fights out there. One is a fight that ends in cut in two minutes. The other one is a guy named uh, Mendez. Where he drops him, then Mendez drops him and chokes him out. So we saw him get rocked in that fight. So not impressed with anything I've seen from Boras. Kind of basic. And just think when the fight's on the feet, Van is going to be a little sharper. And if the fight, uh, if Van decides to take the fight to the floor, I think he should have an easy path to get the takedowns in to control him. And good angle with that late sub 2 3 as well. So look out for those lines when they're more readily available. But I think Van is pretty safe here, honestly. And that's going to take us to the last fight on the card. Well, it's the first fight on the card for everybody else, what is, which is Dennis Bazookia taking on Jamal Emmers. Emers is the favorite here. Minus 255. Bazookia plus 215. So... UFC giving Bazooki another chance. He came in on short notice versus Woodson, cut a ton of weight in that one in a really short amount of time. And I don't think he looked very good in that fight. I don't think he really showed much promising. And I just never thought he was that good to begin with. And I really don't have much thoughts in this fight, except for I think Jamal Emmers will win. I'm pretty confident that Emmers is the better fighter. I think the price, minus 255, minus 300 for Emmers, seems about right. And no real interest in Bazooki. And I would be pretty surprised. How's he going to gonna win? How is, he gonna
1: win?
0: How is he gonna win? Um Jamal Emers is gonna win by decision for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um he's just a striking fan. or
1: grappling, how's he gonna do it?
0: Uh, a mix of both, but I think Emers will be the better fighter in, in both areas, honestly. I think um I could see Bazooka f- attempting takedowns and failing and then ended up on top, but I, I think Emers is, is pretty safe here.
1: All right, I got Dennis Bazooka here, shocker alert. And I just like, at, at, at this big plus number, right? Let me break it down why I like Dennis. Okay. First, you know, Dennis has been to nine decisions in his career. Right. So I like when the guys, you know, young in his UFC career and they've got rounds under their belt. All right. Next, he's got more power on the feet than Jamal Emmers. Jamal Emers, he can't bust a grip, although he almost busted past Sabatini's chin. He didn't, he didn't finish the job. And you know, I just think that when he's throwing these strikes, they're like flailing strikes. I, I don't really think he's that accurate or, um, you know, I, I just don't. Like, he couldn't even hurt Vince Cacero. He's just a dumb fighter. I don't think that he strings together, you know, strikes well. I don't think he builds into fights very well. And I just don't really think that he's going to have that much grappling success here against Dennis. You know, uh, underrated, you know, this guy is 34 years old overall. And, you know, with Dennis... I did think that Dennis was going to fold, honestly, in that um, Woodson fight. And he, you know, he got he was a little bit tired there, but he was getting hit in the body. He missed weight, all those kinds of things. He never gave up in that fight. I think he's going to be much more prepared in this fight. I think that he he's not at at that crazy like size disparity here against a guy like that. He wasn't like against a guy like Sean Woodson. And he should. This should be a. I think this is definitely going to be a close fight. Like I'm not even like. There's not even a shadow of a doubt in my mind that this fight will be close. And if I can get a plus 215, 220, I bet it at 230. But on Dennis Bazookia, I got to take it all day because Jamal emers he's a bad he's bad at finishing fights. He's, he, he's bad at kind of like closing out rounds. He's bad at putting a stamp on stuff. And Dennis is tough as fuck. He's got good cardio. He's got power in his hands. And he's more well-rounded than people give him credit for. So I think let's start off the night with a New York's New York uh, home fighter dog shot winner. So you know maybe a Dennis by decision line here as well, just because Emmer's you know I think he is a weasel enough that he's not going to really probably get finished. But they got Dennis or uh, Emmer's by decision at minus one twenty. Imagine laying chalk on th- That's fucking horrible. Jamal Emmer's to win a fifteen minute decision. Are you drunk? Like that was that's insane. Like, they look at that. They have Emmers minus 120 to win by decision. They got Dennis Bazookia plus three and a half, only e- even money. Hmm. Lines seem weird to me. Let's go. De- Dennis, no scorecards plus 200. Yeah, why I'm don't gonna, we take why would you bet that?
0: I don't totally disagree with anything you said there. It's no all-
1: scorecards plus 200. He's not finishing for Emmer. Dennis.
0: He's not. And finishing
1: is Emmers Emmer. gonna finish him? If I gave you a free ticket, no, no. if I if I told you I'll give you two to, or you would lose you would lo- like if I gave you that ticket, you wouldn't be happy with it? If I gave you that for Christmas, you'd be like, what, damn, what, that's what, a, sell- a seller, I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously it would already it's be still, cash. It's, it's gonna be Christmas it's, it's gonna
0: be an underwhelming, underwhelming Jamal decision, just like it Jamal
1: game. round one, five to one. That's insane. Dude. He Terrible. is not finished. He I'm I'm telling you, Dennis is gonna make this fight close. It's going to happen. I don't totally disagree. So, um,
0: I mean, I, I, I do disagree, I, but not totally
1: disagree. I, dude, is an idiot. Dude. He is a moron. You can now trust this man. You can't do All it. All right, it's time for the FMK.
0: I have not uh, – I have – let's see. I have two. Let me look for the last one. Make sure you get your thoughts here together. Sure. Um.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Give me some variety, Martian. Come on. We. This oh. is a good. This this is a good. I, I'm just saying. Overall. I, either way. Go ahead.
0: Okay. No. You you threw me off. You threw me off at of that variety. It's okay. Come it's right. okay. It's okay. Gonna, okay. Don't do it. I'm gonna give you some variety. All right. Number number one. Your boy Bazookia. Two two fifteen. We'll talk about. Okay. Then Come we'll on. give you another guy whose name is Matt Frivola, who also trains with him, who is mm. plus 190. Okay. Mm. Last but not yeah. least, we'll throw in the Philadelphia's own Project Pat Sabatini at minus Ooh. 121.
1: Oh man, damn. You're testing. You're pulling out my heartstrings. Okay. So of these three. Hmm. All right. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill Project Pat. I'm sorry, Project Pat. You almost killed me one time, a long time ago when I was only a blue belt. I tapped and you let go, so that's fortunate. But now it's my turn to kill him. So I don't want to lay chalk there, you know, for the most part in a, in a fight where, you know, it might be high variance, might be a finish there. So Pat, got to kill you. I'm sorry. I'm going to fuck Dennis Bazookia. Dennis Bazuki, I want to get that started. Like we said, if we could get that, get that out of the way, get 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 that blast off uh, early in the night, 6'10. Let's get an early round one KO. I'm fucking Dennis. Okay. And then that leads me to marrying my boy Matt, the steamroller for a He's probably gonna be the most popular man on the whole fight card. So who wouldn't want to marry that man and have 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 everybody uh, behind you like that? Okay. Okay. So now Martian, come. Coming back at you, okay? So I'm gonna give you a, maybe a prop as well. So first, I'm giving you Tom Aspinall in the co event, okay? Second, I'm going to give you Lupi Godinas, all right? And then third, you'll have, I'm going to give you John Castaneda. So I'm actually mm. not going to give you a prop. So let's give you those three, three sides that you like little bit of a difference in price, right? We got a little bit of Juice Aspinall, a little bit more juice on uh, Casaneda, and then Loopy at the top. So, fuck, marry, kill, Martian. Go. Okay. I'm going to
0: marry Lupe Godinez. So I know there'll be mm. some jealous ones out there. I'm going yes. a, to a fuck Sexy Mexi. It's all in the name, you know? And then I'm going to have to kill Aspinall just because it's heavyweight, is volatility. Um... But last week, I gave you three bets. Kaio sub, Nassi sub, Vieira sub. 0, 2, and 1. You gave me three mm-hmm. bets. Hill, over 2.5, and, and Renat, Nascimento money mine. You gave three winners. I gave zero winners. Um, so that's, that, keep that in mind. So um, I'm Marion Loopy 175, fucking Castaneda, minus 143, and killing an Aspinall, minus 118. And that's going to do it. New York City, Madison Square Garden, big fight feel. Big card feel. This is a really good one. Top to bottom, just good fights. I feel like this they've, they've structured the card well. I'm going to be entertained the entire time. I have a feeling this is going to be a good event. We got all slight juice for me. Castaneda, Gordon, Sadikov, Godina, Sabatini, Aspinall, Pereira. And Ozzy's on the same of a lot of them. I think he's on some dogs like Bazookia, Frivola as well. Maybe Drage so good card you know looking forward to this one uh we'll be back next week uh before um paul craig versus brendan allen ozzy have a good Amazing. time in puerto rico um, i'll try to stay alive boys do they like dominicans down there is it all i hope
1: uh, i hope so okay. i think yeah i think we're good we we we, we got good relations good maybe like i've, add I've, a little, done, I've like, done well. I, i've done well with the puerto ricans You know, add a little like gringo
0: to your accent instead of like you know the see the puppy yeah there you go all right mm-hmm. hope everyone enjoys the fights win some bets we'll see you all next week peace out everyone